listening to the Laura London Fitness Show with your host, Laura London. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Laura London Fitness Show. Today, I have a very, very special guest, Tanya Rapley from MyFabFinance.com. I am so excited to have her here. Tanya is a nationally recognized millennial money expert. She's been featured on Forbes, Essence, BuzzFeed, Business Insider, and more. So I am so excited. Welcome, 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 Tanya. Thank you so much for having me. I think I'm equally as excited, so thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's really funny. We were just discussing this a little bit before we got on the air, how this came to be. You had written an article about, I think, five free YouTube channels, fitness channels, and I found this article that you had written on the internet, and I checked you out, and I thought, oh my gosh, she is fabulous. I have to interview her. Thank you. Yeah. And that article is um, really popular. I know a lot of my readers um, were so thankful that I wrote it because a lot of us have fitness and finance goals. Yeah. Um, So it just makes it easier and more accessible. Financial fitness. Yes. (laughs) Physical fitness. (laughs) For sure. So, all right, let's get right into this. I'm so interested in how you got started in all of this. Like, were you always interested in finance? Were you born a financial whiz? How did it come to be? Absolutely not. So I hated math growing up. (laughs) If you told my math teachers today that I was a financial educator, they'd be like, no, don't let her do it. (laughs) Because I was so bad at math. But, um, What ended up happening was I allowed my poor performance in math classes to affect how I handled my money. So I was like, well, I'm not good at math. I'm not good with numbers. I'm not good with money. And that kind of worked out for me until I moved to New York City and I was working at a nonprofit organization where we serviced low-income women. Mm -hmm. And well, we we serviced women, um, but we had low-income women and we had women who were pretty well off. And I saw what happened when you didn't plan for your future and you just allowed it to happen to you. And these were women who were brilliant and accomplished in their working years. I mean, we had attorneys, we had former Broadway actresses and ballet dancers and doctors. We had these women, they had not managed their money properly. So as a result, they were living in these small SRO units, which is essentially like an adult dorm. Mm -hmm. And um, some of them, were didn't even have enough money to pay rent and buy their um, their medication, so they were begging on the corner. But then we had this other crop of women who had managed their money properly, and they were going on trips to China, and they were just as fabulous as could be, and walking around in floor length minks. And I was like, "That's who I want to be. I want to be that woman. I don't want to be the one begging on the corner." So. I just realized that I had to snap out of it and I had to conquer my fear of managing my money. Mm -hmm. And I started my website as my accountability partner. And I just realized there were so many other people who felt left out Mm -hmm. by financial education. And so I committed myself to providing financial education. I love that. And I think you touched on such a great point because I know like a lot of women, especially in my, like my mom's generation, they depended on the husbands for everything. And if the husbands either left them or, or passed away, their whole world came crumbling down because they weren't yeah. educated about money. 
Absolutely. And, you know, hopefully they had a husband that, you know, there were some women whose husbands just didn't look out for their best interests. It's like, you're not going to spend this money on the next guy if I pass away. And so they really didn't set their significant others up for financial success. And um, I'm married now, but I just didn't want to be in that position. And you're absolutely right. So many women and the generation, uh, I would say, especially like my grandmother's generation, Mm -hmm. they just didn't manage the money. Right. Um, I grew up very differently. My mom managed the money in the household. And actually now I manage the money in our household. But it's just important, especially as women, to protect your interests. Well, I was watching actually an interview you did. And and there was a comment and I loved it. It was about that finance and money should be talked about just as easily as shoes and clothes shopping. Yeah. Wow. That's an old interview. I haven't checked that sound bite in a while, <laughs> but it's so true, you know, because as women, we talk about, or as individuals, let's just scale it back mm-hmm. from women. Um, we talk about everything, you know, talk about TV programming. We talk about, you know, sports. We talk about shopping. We talk about student some of us even talk about student loans, but not to the effect of how much we owe. But right. most of us don't get down to, you know, I'm struggling with this. I don't understand how to do this with my money. And I could really use help on this. Right. Do you know how to do it? We don't talk about that. And we should. Because if they're your friends and they have the knowledge, then I'm, they wouldn't judge you. Yeah, for sure. It's such a huge topic. So I want to say you had something called hashtag balance. No, banish the balance a debt elimination challenge that helped more than 4,000 participants pay off over $200,000 worth of debt in 60 days. Girl, tell us about this. I am so proud of the Banished Balance Challenge um, because one of the things I realized is I was providing financial education, but I hadn't created a space or an initiative that would allow people to support one another in their goals. Mm -hmm. And so that was the goal was to create a community around a common theme. And with debt, I found that a lot of people are way too comfortable with debt in their lives in general. Um, And that was even me as a financial educator. I was like, you know, I can pay it. I pay off most of my credit cards, but I still have these other ones that have a balance. And I just realized, like, no, as long as you have debt, you owe someone and and you have to pay someone. They essentially own you for that debt. And so um, I wanted to create a challenge to help people. So it's just been a remarkable experience and now it's self-guided so people can still sign up for it. But I I just did an update last week to find out how much people had paid off as they Mm self-paced since we're no longer collectively in the challenge. And there were about, I think people paid off about ten dollars to $12,000 like on their own without being in the challenge. Wow. And so it's just really wonderful to see people decide to break up with debt and say, you know what, I don't have to, you know, I think society tells us that, you know, it's okay to buy these things and borrow money so you can yeah. have these things. And it's wonderful to see people saying, you know what, no, if I can't afford it, cash or, you know, saving up for it, then I don't need it right now. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing, especially with the younger generation now, is that instant gratification. They they want it now. They want it now. They don't want to wait. Or they see what, you know, their parents have, and they think that they should have it now. We had this discussion with my daughter and her her boyfriend because they're in the process of buying a house and they want everything brand new and you know granite countertops and I'm like but that's not how we started out I know know, a little rinky-dink apartment hand-me-down furniture so yeah there's 
you're so right. You're, you know what? You're, you're really right. Um, cause when I think about my parents and their starter home and everything else, I mean, I've watched my parents graduate homes throughout the years as they could afford it. I think that's where a lot of people get in trouble is they don't realize that just because the bank approves you for it doesn't mean you yes. can afford it. Yes. And so it's important that we have people around us, like our parents or our friends saying, Hey, I don't know if you should make that purchase. I mean, actually my mom the other day, told me that her and my dad were going to buy an RV. And I was like, why? (laughs) I understand you want to drive across the country and everything. You can rent them. And, um, you know, I really had to have a conversation with my mom and dad about their money. Like, just let's just make sure that, you know, you guys are coming up on retirement. And I don't know if that's the best choice or the best course um, to choose to use your money. So it's just important to have people around you who can, can check you and bring you back to reality. Yeah. For sure. Well, you wrote an article. Um, we, what did we call Foolproof Me? How Much to Spend on Housing. And we kind of touched on that because I think, like you said, the banks will approve you for so much more than I personally think you should be spending, like yeah. in a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think about that? Okay. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, housing costs are rising. You know, that is one thing. And with stagnant... Um, Home, home ownership sales, rental prices are actually going up too. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, even regardless, you're going to be probably spending more yeah. than, um, than previous generations on your housing. So that mix, I know the percentage has kind of flipped about how much percentage of your income you should be allocating towards housing. Mm-hmm. But I have met people who they're spending 60 to 70% of their income on housing, even 80% yeah. to live somewhere and to be miserable in that place because they can't do anything else but be in that place. Right. And so it's just really important to, um, to realize that not now doesn't mean not ever. Mm-hmm. And to really um, assess what your overall financial goals are, not just your home ownership goals are, and how home ownership fits into that picture and how it will impact your ability to do other things, including building a savings fund so that if something right. goes by in that home, you can afford to repair it and you're not living in the dark or, you know, living yeah. without water for months <laughs> on end. It's true. I mean, there are so many people, um, I know here in Florida, they have these huge, big, big houses and you'll go into them and they have no furniture. They're empty. They're yeah. Empty. <laughs> Who, I, to me, that's not warm and welcoming. I mean, yeah. I, and I, there is, you know, there minimalism is becoming a thing. <laughs> yeah. So, but there's a difference between minimalism, <laughs> yeah. like by choice and by force. <laughs> yeah, you want to be able to go to the movies and, and pay your mortgage for sure. Yeah. For sure. So, all right, let's talk about um, IRAs and saving for retirement. And what advice do you have? For our beautiful ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Well, um, you know, interestingly enough, I did a women and finance breakfast last year with Fidelity. And um, we asked people about investing. And one of the things that we realized is that a lot of women didn't recognize that investing in your 401k at your 9 to 5 or at your job is still considered investing. You're still growing Mm -hmm. your money in some manner. And I think a lot of people negate the power of a 401k and the importance, if you have it available to you, then do it. But they also don't realize that a 401k won't do everything. And so that it is really important to diversify your portfolio. Um, particularly, you know, having an IRA, starting with a Roth IRA, if you meet the income requirements, Mm -hmm. and then you can even maximize that, max that out and go on to a a traditional IRA and other investment vehicles. But, you know, you can't, I've seen people who save too much 
to the point where they're depriving themselves of everyday pleasures. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference between saving um, or investing your money and just saving. And I think that people, if you have it, if you have the excess income, definitely find ways to diversify your income. Mm -hmm whether that is maxing out um, IRAs or, you know, getting into investing or mm -hmm. buying shares in a franchise or a business mm -hmm. so that your money is working for you even when you're asleep. That's right. the ultimate goal Sure, is to have your money working for you so that when you stop working, it's still working for you. Sure, sure. I know I have three kids and they each have, I mean, they're teenagers now. I have 22, 18, and 17. Um, and they each are totally different in their money habits. My oldest will save, save, save. My middle money touches his hand and it's gone. <laughs> and the other one, she just got a job. She's 17. Now she likes making her own money. She'll save her money and spend her money. So she's a little bit of both. But it's really funny how they can be from the same family, so different. How do I educate the three of them when they have such different beliefs or ways it's I'm happy that you brought that up because I mean while I'm a firm believer that parents we they are the first role models for their children and will impact their children's financial habits I think it is also important to understand that people have their own personalities that will impact how they deal with money people have their own experiences that will impact how they yeah. deal with money um so one of the first things I do when working with clients is we do the whole, your relationship with money exercise and understanding what drives how you spend money. And I found that some people spend, you know, money because of something that hurt them during their childhood mm -hmm. um, or like, you know, being made fun of or something they couldn't control or something right. of that nature. Um, so it's important as parents, I think, to kind of understand what your child is going through mm -hmm. um, and how that might affect them down the long, long term in a variety of ways and especially how they deal with money but also realizing that you can tell them the right thing to do and some kids some right. young adults are just going to do what they want to do but they'll learn they'll learn their lesson and that was with me I mean my parents I, my my first credit card huge like mistake on my part but the best thing I probably ever did was I had the statements mailed to my parents' house while I was away at college because um, I just forgot to change it. To But my mom got it, and she was just like, what in the world are you doing? Oh, yeah. Why are you eating a Red Lobster and you're in college? Like, what are you doing? Sure. And my mom ended up paying off that credit card and closed it and everything. So I had perfect credit by the time I was, like, 22 and mm -hmm. ended up ruining it again. Mm -hmm. But... I figured it out and mm -hmm. I came back to all those lessons that she taught me. So I just say that to say, you know, don't fret. Sometimes your children are going to make money right. mistakes. Right. But if you lay that strong foundation, most of the time they'll come back to what you taught them. You know, that's so funny you say that because it kind of relates to what I do with health and fitness too. Like they get, they see me making the green smoothies. They see me doing all the, and exercising. And, you know, they, they might not drink green smoothies or they don't want to exercise but they know about it. They know what wheatgrass is. They know what chia seeds are, you know? So it's the same thing because at home, we talk about IRAs and we talk about saving. And, and so even if they're not doing it, it's planted, I feel like, in their head for when they really need it. Does that make sense? I, I'm happy you touched on that. <laughs> I'm so intrigued by, you know, I can only imagine what it's like to grow up with a mother who is aware uh, and health conscious because sometimes... 
you know, as your teenage years, you just want a cheeseburger and fries. Right. Or you right. just want, you know, you just want a slice of pizza and fries, which is like awful. Um, but that's really wonderful. And I mean, I, it's, it is like health. It is one of those things where yeah. you know what the right thing is to do when you're ready to get your act together. You're 10 steps further than the yes. person who doesn't know what to do because you've had that foundation set up for you early on. Yeah, for sure. I tell you, my 22-year-old is already maxed out her IRA for the year. So awesome. yeah. I know. This is the, and this is your, um, your child who's looking to buy a home. Yes. Well, that's great. I mean, and hopefully, I don't know how the market is in Florida, um, but hopefully the housing prices are favorable um, right now and that she'll get a really good deal and it'll be another great investment. Yeah, yeah I definitely, I think so. So I wanted to say, I, you have this great quote on your website. It says, people will tell you what you should do and who you should be. At the end of it all, the only thing that matters is being who you were created to be. That is where your power lies. And I think that's so strong. It's just such a powerful, like I want to put that on a shirt. Thank you. <laughs> I, mean, I, I came up with that. Those are my words. Nice. Um, but no, um, during my entire, um, this process has been a journey. And as I said, I never thought I'd do personal finance. Um, and growing, especially when I decided I was going to be an entrepreneur, growing up with two military parents, my parents mm -hmm. were like, no, God, no, please don't. Like, stability is what you need. And entrepreneurship, right. there's no stability in that. And how are you going to pay your bills and everything else? Um, but I, was, I know that I was created to be an entrepreneur. And I know that I was created to change lives. Mm -hmm. And I'm such a happier person. Um, I'm just... I'm almost fearless to an extent, you know, because I just feel empowered because I stepped out on faith and did what I felt like I was created to do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you're in that space, um, you're so powerful. Right. Because no one else, you're like, yeah, I, I tested myself. I won. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's what that means to me. And there's so many other things that have happened um, in my life that, challenged me to um, confront who I was as a person mm -hmm. uh, and yeah so that quote came from a lot of learning and maturation and figuring things out oh, I love it love 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 it all right you just put up this post I told you I've been all over your website <laughs> and and it's funny it was a, it's from the book hashtag girl boss oh yeah and I was at the airport and I saw a girl reading it and I'm like really inquisitive I'm like oh I took a picture of it I'm like I'm gonna google that so I haven't gotten the book yet but here you are and and you have this blog post for money lessons I learned from hashtag girl boss tell us about your post and what you learned well so actually that post is written by um, one of my guest writers okay. one, of, one of my guest bloggers Ashley she's amazing but um, I was really excited that she did that post because I feel like there are money lessons that we can take away from everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge Beyonce fan and there are money lessons we can learn from Beyonce, you know, on negotiation and girl power and hiring other women and everything else. I think there are money lessons everywhere, but I love that Ashley took a book that was about um, business and building a business, which deals with money, mm -hmm. but really boiled it down to the financial lessons um, mm -hmm. that were within it. So, you know, one of the things that's impressive about Sophie, the woman who created Girl Boss, is that she um, started her boutique, Nasty Gal, without creating any debt. And um, we always hear it takes money to make money. Right. 
but this is 2016 and there are so many ways that you can start to slowly build your business mm -hmm. and allow the money that you make from your business to grow your business. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's one of the most valuable lessons from that because I think I'm um, in my fab finance, we meet a lot of women who are aspiring entrepreneurs. I'm right. sure you do too. Yep. And they always think, well, I just don't have the money to do it. Right. It's like, well, let's create a solution for that. Right. Um, and you know, there are here, this woman, if she's built this million dollar empire without debt. Right. Um, so that was one of the most valuable lessons I think I took away from that, but it's a great blog post and cool. anyone and everyone should read it. Yeah, I definitely, I think so. Well, you have a course um, about being your own boss, financially preparing to be your own boss. It says it's a <laughs> course that prepares aspiring entrepreneurs, I can't talk today, entrepreneurs okay. <laughs> for the financial responsibilities of operating a business. So that's huge because we do. We have so many women now, I think, like we were talking about before, really wanting to share their message and who they are. And they're, they're ready to be their own entrepreneurs, but it can be scary. And you have yeah. a course. It can be. And Laura, let me ask you, did you, before you did fitness, did you transition from another industry? Yes, it was called Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like the greatest and hardest job of all time. I never, like... Myself, I never envisioned any of what I'm doing right now. I was a mom who was out of shape, overweight, had 30 pounds, spit up everywhere. And I saw this book of before and after transformations. And I had never even been in a gym before. I'm like, I'm going to do that. And that's just how it started, me getting myself in shape and posting photos. And people started like asking me all sorts of questions. And it just went from there. I love it because that's similar to how my finance started. I love it. And, um, and, you know, one of the things I realized is that personal finance is very different from business finance. And um, just because you're really good with your money doesn't mean you're good with business finances right. and vice versa, because I've met people who are CFOs and their personal finances are in shambles. Right. Um, and so creating that course was essentially everything that I wish was available to me in one place when I was transitioning to work for myself full time. I celebrated my one year of entrepreneurship, um, my first year of entrepreneurship on Monday. So this is my first full year. Um, yeah. And so I built that course while I was going through it mm -hmm. because I was like, somebody can learn from this and somebody can sure. benefit from this and not make the same mistakes that I did as well as set themselves up for success so that um, their finances are the least of their worries when they start their business because sure. there's so much else to worry about. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is great. All right, you have some amazing free resources on your website. Why don't you tell us about some of those? There's a yes. bunch of them. Yeah, I'm like Oprah when it comes to <laughs> finance goodies. I just love giving away goodies. I love giving away a lot of my content for free because I got into this to change lives, essentially. Right. Um, and so at my MyFab Finance backslash start here, um, that tab on my website, there's a drop down. It has freebies and resources. Right. And um, I mean, there, I know I, do, I did a checklist. There's the ultimate student loan guide. It's like 30 pages of information for anyone who has student loans. I, my book, Seven Life Changing Money Tips, is absolutely free. Mm -hmm. And it's really wonderful and walks people through the seven things you should think about when you're doing a financial reset or um, finally starting to get your financial life in order. So there are tons of freebies on there and they're going to keep coming because Yay. I believe in reciprocity. And I think that as long as yeah. I keep providing really good resources, tips and guides and posts that direct people to women like you, 
um, I'll always be okay. Yeah. So um, they can yeah. always count on more and more free re freebies for me. Yeah, I think people sometimes feel like they're giving too much away, but you can't. You can't. It's it's just information, and it's you know, it like you said, it just brings more people to you because they want more. They want more of you, and they want more of your knowledge, which I yeah. think is great. There was another one on there. I saw. Wait a minute. Um. Free debt repayment e-course. I think that's a cool one too. Oh yeah, that so that's banish the balance. We converted that over into the e-course. Okay. So, yeah, banish the balance is um, eight lessons, totally free. Mm -hmm. Okay, everyone, you hear that? Where can they go get it? What banish the balance? They can get that at banishthebalance.com. Okay. You can if you forget the URL, just go to Google and type in banish the balance, and it will come <laughs> up. Um, and you can actually find it as well on my website, MyFabFinance. Um, if you forget that, you can go to Google and type in my name, Tanya Rapley, <laughs> or MyFabFinance, and it will pull it up as well. Awesome. All right. So tell us what you have going on in the future. What's coming up for you now? Yeah. So I'm doing a lot of speaking. I'm really excited about that. I have a speaking engagement coming up in Seattle um, I'll be in a few cities um, over the next two months, and I keep all those dates posted on my website. Okay. Um, and then I'm also working on a credit course because one of the first things I did when I started my journey was repaired my credit. Right. And as a result, I repaired it by 130 points in 18 months. Ooh. And so I am creating a three-hour course that walks people through how to repair them, their credit themselves so they don't ever have to pay an expert to do it because... I think that's one of the misconceptions is a lot of people pay people oh, to do yeah. it for you, and you don't have to do that. You know, they pay $99 a month, which is over $1,000 a year, and you can do it yourself. Mm -hmm. I did it myself, and that's how I started. I was too cheap to pay someone else <laughs> I to love do it. it. <laughs> and so that is what I'm working on and putting a lot of my energy into is getting that course ready, and it will be available mid-October. All right. Well, awesome. We will be looking forward forward to that. Tanya, thank you so much for being here with me today. I just was a great, great interview. And definitely, I will love to have you back. And we will talk more because there's so much more to talk about when it comes to money and finances. Yeah, we can talk about credit. We can talk about all of it. So um, we'll, thank you so much. We'll do a couple squats and push-ups in between too. <laughs> that would be really fun. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us. And again, visit Tanya at myfabfinance.com, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye.